friends, before we get into the episode, we wanted to talk to you about Tavor. Tavor! We've mentioned them before, potentially with a different pronunciation, but we've figured it out. It is called Tavor. Rhymes with before, actually. Rhymes with before. It's called Tavor. Uh, it's actually spelled T-A-V-O-U-R, and you're going to need to know that because that is what you're going to type into your app store, whichever one is available on your phone. So you can download that app and check out all the super cool craft brews and different kinds of independent beer labels from all over the place. Yeah, Tavor is an app for fans of craft beer who are looking to try different things. So it's basically a little bit like a subscription box. You uh, can create a list of brews that you want to try, and then every month they will send you however many of those you sign up for. Yeah, you get to add them to your crate so it's personalized. It's not like you sign up for the subscription box and they ship you whatever is cool that month. You really do get to tailor it, and that box can be as small or as large as you want. So in, you know, so you know perfect for whether you want to try them on your own over a week or two or if you're having a party and you want to impress your friends. Yeah, and what's great is the price of shipping doesn't change uh, regardless of how many you put in the box. Which so is nice. Load them up. Load them up. Uh, you can go ahead and get $10 off your first shipment of $25 or more when you download Tavor and get your first crate today and use the code extraneous. That's code extraneous. Download it today. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Extraneous Supernatural Edition. What's up? Yeah, we're excited. Uh, another hiatus episode. But we're getting close to the end of that. We are getting close to the end of that. Um, but honestly, this episode I'm excited about because it's a throwback to yeah. episodes in the past. And like and like episodes in the past, we are definitely going to end up arguing a bit. Whoops. I'm Takia. I'm Leah. And welcome to <laughs> Title Fight. Anime edition. I don't think it's, you seem to think that it's going to be really antagonistic. No, it's not going, you just, you just warned me initially that you were like, I think we're going to disagree. And then like, I understand that we can disagree like adults and talk about like, you know, television is a subjective medium. Exactly. Unfortunately, I felt very defensive (laughs) the moment you said that. I was like, oh God, oh no. But this week we're talking about the supernatural anime. And uh, to kick it off, just like old times, guess what we found, y'all? Ugh, the DVD summary. All right. So excited. All right, I'm going to do this one. Yes. Okay. The otherworldly TV phenomenon that is supernatural makes history entering another world as the first ever live action television show to be reimagined as an anime series. I don't think that's true, but keep going. (laughs) The internationally acclaimed animation powerhouse, Madhouse Studios, produces the show with the blessing of original series creator Eric Kripke. With storylines mirroring Supernatural's first two seasons, plus supplemental tales derived from prequels and spinoffs, this three-disc, 22-episode collection expands the dimensions of the familiar Winchester mythology. Journey down the back roads of America with brothers Sam and Dean as they search for clues to their father's disappearance, hunt down the supernatural in all its unearthly forms, and enter into the unexpected mystery of their destinies in vibrant, exciting anime. Okay, so with that three-disc, 22-episode summary out of the way. Powerhouse Animation Studio. Which is actually not a lie. (laughs) They are a... 
fucking powerhouse, especially in the mid-2000s. I really feel like this is the episode that you've been gearing up for. <gasps> I'm so excited. <laughs> like, we're going to unleash <laughs> the Leah. Uh, yes, but first of all, so the next thing on our list is to rate it. Usually we, we talk about the season overall, so I'm, I know how I feel. You've seen it before, right? No, this is the first time I've seen it. I oh. thought I had watched things, but I had only ever seen like little clips. This is the first time I've ever watched it. Now I'm really excited to talk about it with you. I want like because I'm really interested in what you thought of it as someone who likes anime a mm-hmm. lot. Um, I personally don't consume a lot of anime, um, and I'm honestly interested in like because I have watched like some cartoons, but I feel like there's a distinct difference, mm-hmm. um, and I in watching this could tell that like instinctually could tell that there was a difference but I'm not sure I could articulate it that's fair so what did you think and also what's the difference between cartoons and anime (laughs) well first of all there is like it to be pedantic about it there is no difference between cartoons and anime anime literally means animation it means cartoons in Japan so in Japan anything from the Simpsons to Spirited Away and stuff like that would be referred to as anime however we Everybody who is outside of Japan, including, like, like other countries within, like, the Eastern Asian area, uh-huh. you refer to anime and you automatically know you are referring to Japanese animation. Uh-huh. And anime is for all ages. And it is for, it, like, it's created for all ages, for all types of individuals. It airs at all hours of the day. It is one of the things that separates it from especially Western animation. So when we think of cartoons, we think of things for kids or younger folk, and then occasionally your adult shows like your Simpsons, Family Guys, or or Archer, or Bob's Burgers, stuff like that. You think Mm -hmm. of things airing in prime time, or you think of things airing after school and on Saturday mornings. That's not the case. Anime is much more of a medium. Being a fan of anime is like saying you're a fan of television. Yeah. It also felt more, uh, it felt like a genre of its own. Mm Mm-hmm. As opposed to, and honestly, this probably goes back to me like not having a ton of um, experience with anime, but it felt a little bit like I wasn't watching a cartoon. I was just watching like a drama. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Which is correct. That, was, that happened to be animated. That's what you should be feeling out of that. Um, a lot of the supernatural anime I could tell was not, they were not employing a lot of tropes that I associate mm-hmm. with anime and like that a lot of folks would associate with anime, especially visual cues. However, its style was very much reminiscent of what a mid-2000s thriller adult anime would look like. And I could tell what were, I could tell every piece of the adaptation that was specifically made to entice the audiences in Japan and fans of anime in general. Mm. I Like the, the differences in the slight turns in story, the turns in what monsters look like, the original episodes and the way that they were presented, it was so obvious. I was like, ah, yes, this is not made for the American supernatural audience necessarily. It's made for folks in Japan. Yeah, it's. I didn't necessarily understand the reference or feel kind of like the history of anime that this was building on, but I could tell the moments where it was like, this is something that would mean something Mm -hmm. to someone who really watched this stuff. Do you know what I mean? I do. I'm curious, like, can you think of an example off the top of your head, or or like, was it just like, because it might have just been a feeling on the inside, you know? Yeah, I think it was, a lot of it was a feeling. I don't know, there were like, uh, the way certain monsters were drawn, Mm -hmm. um, 
the way, honestly, the way Missouri Moses is drawn. When we talk about characters, I'm really interested to hear your take on her because initially I was like, whoa. And then as time went on, I was like, oh my God, they just turned into her little, like a, a little old grandma mystic. Which, mm-hmm. And the mm-hmm. way she moved, the way she spoke, the way she acted, the way they drew her and the, like all of it was so prototypical of that style of character. Yes. So like I immediately was into it and I was really curious how you were going <laughs> to feel about it. I like I I got that it was a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, even if I didn't necessarily like immediately like read on it that specific like character archetype yeah. or or that sort of thing. I got that it was a thing and so I was like fine. Yeah. <laughs> One of the things that I wanted to do, since you're not an individual who has watched a lot of anime, though, like, I'm sure you're aware of bits and pieces, like, you know what Sailor Moon is or whatever, but clearly this is not that, right? Uh, Though a lot of the movements were, like, uh, there was something about kind of the way the characters moved that was, that reminded me of, like, that sort of thing, like a Sailor Moon, a Yu-Gi-Oh, a mm-hmm. uh, Dragon Ball Z. That's one of the things that, uh, especially in the 60s, set anime apart from cartoons of the day because anime has a much more dynamic cinematic feel to it mm-hmm. as opposed to your, like, and it's not fair to compare everything to, like, Hanna-Barbera, but, like, uh, with the repeating backgrounds and, and things being very static and, yeah. and things like that, shots are dynamic. It's directed much more like standard yeah. um, action television. And in a show like this, that is clearly for adults. From the opening shot, this show is is not for children. I did love a lot of the blood yes. splatter. So gorgeous. You know, you know I love a, like artistic <laughs> blood splatter. That's, yeah, you and the ballerina. I love that scene. It's gorgeous. And there were so many times throughout... Um, and I think we'll talk about a couple of the episodes where this like came up, but where it was just like the scene then itself and like the animation throughout the show is like so uh, saturated. Mm-hmm. It's just so like pale and mm-hmm. and gray. And then there were these blood scenes where it was like crimson, like splashed across. It was really pretty. It's interesting to me. The anime came out in two, I have to do math, in like 2011. Mm -hmm. But even though it was 2011, a lot of this reminded me of shows that I adored in 2005 and 2006. Mm -hmm. And very quickly, I was able to associate them with other productions from the same studio. Mm -hmm. So really quickly, because I am a big nerd, and this is extraneous (laughs) and we go hard. So this was produced by Studio Madhouse, which is a really well-known Japanese animation studio that got really big at the very end of the 90s going into the early 2000s and then it kind of exploded. When it started, it was it just had a couple of interesting uh, shows and around the early 2000s and the late 90s, they pivoted slightly and they were trying to engage a more female audience, mm-hmm. which I think is fascinating because they did it by picking up um, they did it by picking up certain types of artists. Like, they got all of Clamp's properties. And if I say Clamp to you, you don't know what that means. Not at all. But if I say Cardcaptor Sakura? Nope. Other folks listening to this might, but Cardcaptor Sakura, Cardcaptors was on Kids WB for a very long time. It was mm. one of, it was probably behind Sailor Moon and Pokemon and Dragon Ball Z and sort of really popular anime before the bubble burst in America. Yeah, but like, what years? Oh, like, late, late 90s, early 2000s, like 2002. Hmm. Card Captors was on Kids WB. Honestly, it might be one of those things where if you showed it to me, I would be like, oh, yeah. It was on the same time as Yu-Gi-Oh. So I'm sure that I yeah. saw it. So, like, they picked up Clamp, which is really gorgeous. Very high detail. Oh, pretty yeah. Pretty stuff. These are actually the two characters from Card Captor Sakura, but for another one of their properties called Tsubasa. 
Um, they yeah. have characters crossover from a lot of their works. But Studio Madhouse picked up everything of Clamps. Stuff that was made for younger folks, like Cardcaptor Sakura, and stuff that was made for adults, like Chobits and X and Tsubasa and Holic, shows that I absolutely adore. Mm-hmm. They also got a lot of the adult women demographic, and those are two of the things I would like to show you, because immediately the supernatural anime struck me and reminded me of two of my favorite shows from when I was, like, a junior and senior in college. One of them, and it's the first thing I'm going to show you, was an anime called Paradise Kiss, uh, like most anime based on a manga. Mm-hmm. The whole thing was based on a lot of Western uh, imagery. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure, I, it's been a long time since I watched Paracus. It was either set in New York or it was based in, an, a, like, a section of Japan that, like, looks like New York. Mm-hmm. Like, they ate at Junior's. It was a thing. Juniors was known <laughs> for their cheesecake and their hammers. That's so funny. Um, so Paracus was about a girl who kind of trips into this like really cool underground fashion world. Oh. And this was the this was the opening theme song, but like very striking animation style. Yeah. Muted colors. Yes. And often, especially when they're down in the club that this show takes place in, very dark. But then we'll, you'll get punched in the face with extreme color. Paracus was like the ultimate cool show <laughs> when I was, I said senior in college, I meant senior in high school. <laughs> <laughs> I was 18 watching the show and it was so fucking cool with the buildings and the yeah. the underground club and like the fashion and like the technology that was bullshit, right? Yeah. But there's something like real about this. It was one of the first real shows I watched, like in terms of this, the very Madison Square Garden, that building. Yes. It was about the relationship between these two characters. Like, everybody was an adult. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And their, like, exterior shots really feel... The animation on the car in the Paracus opening yeah. reminds me of Baby in Supernatural. <laughs> we don't have to watch the rest of this. I just love this song and could listen to it for decades. So, the other one that it reminded me of, very similar, a real show made for uh, older humans. And so, Nana was another show around the same time. Similar animation style about two adult women, both who have the same name, Nana. And this one is like a super dope punk rock chick. And the other one is like wide-eyed and, and just moved out, whatever. Mm-hmm. But like drama. Oh, yeah. Highlighting. Everything is very intense. Music is a very important part of both of these shows. Yeah. Also, Nana is so cool and I wanted to be her really badly. <laughs> I wanted to be both Nanas. But like, but like, again, one of the first shows that I watched that was... Not a kid middle age anime, but was for adults, featuring adult characters in adults. They, they'll smoke and drink constantly. The other thing I wanted to introduce you to is that this, like, and both Nana and Paracus are 2005, 2006 shows, mm-hmm. and both of them are Studio Madhouse products. And mm-hmm. this was one of the things that they were doing to get um, female audiences. To get female audiences, especially for older viewership. Now, probably. I would say, like, there's a lot of shows that Madhouse has done over the years. Um, but in terms of anime that is rote, I am going to show you a clip from a show called Death Note. Have you heard of Death Note? In that you've said it a lot. <laughs> so Death Note is one of the, I compare it to Breaking Bad sometimes, where you are watching a protagonist who is despicable oh. and awful and is like a legitimate psychopath. Netflix made a live-action adaptation starring... Uh, Nat Wolf and Lakeith Stanfield, and everybody hated it. <laughs> they were like, why are you doing this? You're ruining Death Note. And then Netflix put it out, and it was, I watched it, and it was awful. It came out like three years ago. They spent a ton of money on it. 
and nobody wanted the show and it happened and they were like, please stop making anime adaptations of things you don't understand. But the premise of Death Note is uh, a god of death, a Shinigami, like the Grim Reaper, mm-hmm. and drops a notebook. And that notebook is what a Shinigami uses to take people's lives. Like the black notebooks in Supernatural. Oh. I always get reminded, and I'm pretty sure that's where those black notebooks from, come from. Um, but you can write names in it, and then that person is destined to die. So he drops it in front of this kid because he's bored and he wants to be entertained. And the kid he happens to drop it in front of, and this is what the movie got wrong, is that Light is an incredibly intelligent individual who is basically a sociopath <laughs> and decides that he knows better and is going to be the god of this new world. So I'm just going to take out the villains and everybody will bow to me. So this is, when I tell you high drama and you were talking about very fast moving shots and mm-hmm. stuff like that yes. in the show, this is a famous scene from very early on in the anime. Light has a detective on his back and the detective guesses that whomever the person who is magically killing people, they, c- they don't know it's a notebook. They just know that people are dying and they can't figure out how. Yeah. But they are assuming that this character, whomever is doing this, is getting their information like of names and faces of criminals from news reports. Mm-hmm. Light knows that as the son of a Japanese detective, he's one of the folks who is being thought of as a sp- suspect. Oh. So in order to get around the fact that he probably has cameras in his room, this is what he does. And it is... Famous, 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 and it's known as the chip scene. And I just need you to press play and watch the chip scene. Very high drama. (laughs) This is incredibly intense. Mm -hmm. That high octane, intense angles, super big music over a sequence of what is ostensibly somebody writing in a notebook and eating chips. Yes. It is famous, famous, famous. Death Note folks love bringing it up, and it's like, okay, but does your show have a chip scene? Death Note is probably the best-known uh, anime television show that Studio Madhouse has ever produced. It is famous. So, like, these types of shows. And then you take all of that, the high drama, that intense animation, the really adult subject matter. Yes. And then you layer this super Western story on top of it. Mm-hmm. And then you have to create something in the middle. So when I watched the Supernatural anime, I was reminded of all of these things. I'm going to cut out most of that stuff, but I wanted you to have the reference. It was really good stuff. You should leave it in. Uh, It's a little too long to leave in, but nowadays Studio Madhouse does like all sorts of genre. They don't Mm -hmm. have really a look anymore because they've gotten big enough that they have more than like six animators. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like one of my favorite shows of the past couple years is a story called My Love Story and it's super cute and it's very bubbly and it's bright and it's da-da-da and it looks nothing like the stuff from the mid-2000s. So like nowadays it's whatever. But yeah, that was... So what? It, so based on kind of the journey that you've just taken us on <laughs> uh, and all of the references to different styles of anime and keeping in mind what we know and how deep we have been in Supernatural for the last uh, eight months, six months, mm. however many. It's been a long time. <laughs> it's been a long time. <laughs> what did you think of the adaptation? I adored it. Genuinely, I was shocked at how much I loved it. And I think one of the things that accidentally happened was, is I stopped looking at, this is going to make no sense. I stopped looking at it as a television adaptation. Yeah. And I started watching it as an an adaptation, like I watch most anime. Like, it was, I stopped seeing Sam and Dean and the characters from the show. Yeah. And I imagined instead that this was based on, I don't know, a manga or a book, a light novel, like a lot of anime are. 
and I was able to stop seeing the television show. Not completely. Like, certain character designs, like, I could not handle, car- like, shitty car dealer Bobby. Like, I <laughs> I was waiting. I was waiting. Yeah, that no. hat. I just. <laughs> I'm, like, I know, I know why they did it for the for the Japanese audience, yeah. but, like, it did not work for an American <laughs> audience. I was like, that, it just sends a different message completely. Um, but, like, stylistically, it was just something that, like, I followed completely. Like, it made sense to me. Um, I think, and one of the ways I did it was, I don't know if I would have been able to do it watching the English version because I would have heard Jared the whole time. Yes. And I think that might have pulled me out of it, personally. That doesn't mean anything for anybody else, but, like, my consumption of anime and the way that I react to voice actors in general, because mm-hmm. I have stupid recall on voices, is that it probably would have distracted me. Yes. I I also have a similar, like, strong recall on voices. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was... I did spend a lot of time... Like, I was comparing it the entire time. And I think some of that was watching the English dub... Mm-hmm. And I think some of that was being new to the art form. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I spent a lot of time being like, this is different, this is the same, this is different, this is the same. Yeah. Which I usually try to get out of my head about in any adaptation. Same, yeah, I try. Um, and so like it was kind of weird watching. I think also like it, it was harder because it's episodic. And so like there'd be a couple of episodes that were not – at all adaptations they were just like new interesting mm-hmm. fun episodes but then they do one that was like a closer adaptation and that was really jarring for me yeah um and those are the times when i was like what uh, oh 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 yeah i'm supposed to be watching supernatural this isn't mm-hmm. that um i thought it was really interesting there's a lot like i could write papers on it <laughs> you know like there was a lot to like really peel away and unpack <laughs> That's really how he does a lot of things. It's like, I could write a dissertation on this. Um, I don't know that I, like, loved it. Mm -hmm. Um, I think I would try it again, Mm -hmm. honestly. Also, maybe, like, not mainlining 22 episodes. It was a lot. I did mine in two days, and it it, it did get to be a lot. Yeah, even, like, because they're short episodes, but there's something about the, like, watching 22 of, you know, objectively the same thing that mm-hmm. like becomes a little monotonous that's fair because of the fact that this was much more episodic yes than a standard season of supernatural is um i did find it like oh god another one like i did have those moments but it was less like about the show itself and more i was like i gotta get up and pee eventually <laughs> i just don't feel like hitting stop yeah absolutely um, i missed a lot of the like warmth and character that like is is inherent in, like, having live actors. Mm-hmm. Um, and also live actors that, like, at this point, I've been watching for, like, years yeah. and years and years. Um, and so, for me, the anime was a little, like, distant. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I like, I, I, I am excited to keep talking about it. I yeah. think that there's a lot of really interesting stuff happening. I thought it was beautiful. Yeah, it was really pretty. I mean, like... That is, it is one thing that you can say, and actually, I take that back. It's not something you can say about all anime necessarily. <laughs> some of it is rote, and some of it looks the same, and some of it, like, anime that is made, produced weekly, and that we get simul streams of in America, which is very, very common nowadays. Oftentimes, you'll see things, and you're like, what? Who animated that? And it's always like, it'll be fixed in the Blu-ray. It's like, right, but I'm watching it now. <laughs> and that character lost a face. <laughs> Their face was gone. Where did it go? (laughs) 
I just watched an anime movie in the theater the other day, and it was gorgeous and it was great, but there was a sequence where somebody lost a face. And I was like, <laughs> guys, did you like back. you were missing a deadline? Huh? Is that what happened? But yeah, I'm Sorry, excited no. to talk about the ways that it like is stays true to supernatural mm-hmm. and the ways that it kind of diverges. Yeah. I have a lot of feelings about Sam and Dean in this that I kind of want to... I mean, we do it in characters? Yeah, I guess so. Let's talk about the title card. So, like, it was pretty simple, but it was uh, a mashup of all of the first three seasons, yeah, I think. Yeah, basically, because it had the... Um, flame feel of season two and then the that was the first image shown and then it went to a like a mixture of season one sort of plain look and then like but simultaneously it reminded me of season three because the letters were heavy and looked metallic yeah like the iron Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which makes sense because it's a mix of the first two seasons yeah for sure um so like I have no feelings about that title card and like it's talking about themes is nothing because this is supernatural the themes stay the same. You want to talk end cards? Those end cards were <laughs> gorgeous. They were like watercolor and and colored pencil and yeah. they were th- it was either three or four images but it was images of Sam and Dean when they're not working. Yeah. So these are the bits you never get to see and I was like I was in love it was from the first time i saw the first image which is it's the mimic of jensen doing the eye of the tiger with his leg yeah, up in there yeah except it was drawn in a way that made you assume it was sam and dean not jared and jensen so this is something that dean did to entertain himself or his brother and i was immediately like oh my god i love them <laughs> and they were all like that except for the adaptation of what is and what never should be yes those end cards instead were swapped from the just sam and dean to them doing things with the yeah the, the family, family that they had mm-hmm. which broke my heart <laughs> what's next top five guys we're bringing back the top five this is i i <laughs> you couldn't have told me uh months ago that i would have missed this format. <laughs> um but yeah let's go top five what were your top five top five before we go i have two shout outs because they didn't make my list okay um Oh, actually, one of my shout-outs doesn't have to happen because it's on your list, yeah. so we can talk about it then. But the one that is not on either of our lists that I wanted to shout-out was Crossroad, the adaptation of Crossroad Blues, specifically for, well, for a couple things, but specifically the sequence where he makes, he calls the Crossroad Demon, and it's like they're transported to another land, and it was bright. It was like they walked through like mm. a, the surface of a lake and ended up on the other side, and it was bright and full of colors, and I was like... I literally, it happened and I went, holy shit, is this what it looks like when a demon comes through? Like, Dean was transported and it was gorgeous. Mm -hmm. And I just had to mention that. Okay, so, outside of that, my top five were Till Death Do Us Part, The Spirit of Vegas, What Lives in the Lake, Loser, and What Is and What Never Should Be. And my top five, Roadkill, Savage Blood, The Spirit of Vegas, In My Time of Dying, Rising Sun. That's a good, I think we have a good mix of adaptation and original between exactly. us. Exactly, I thought so. I was kind of leaning towards more of the adaptation episodes because they were familiar, but also it was the, like, I didn't like them as much because they weren't. They weren't what you knew. Yeah, they yeah. weren't right. Yeah. Um, so Roadkill is my first one. Which um, is one of my top five from season two when we did that. It, it's also, I think, m- one of my top five from season two. Or I didn't have it on my top five because you did. Yeah. <laughs> which is what happened a lot. Yeah. Uh, peek behind the curtain, guys. <laughs> Takiya cheats. I cheat. Um, but I love Roadkill, mm-hmm. um, the episode. And I thought that this managed to stay really true to it, mm-hmm. but be interesting and 
make slight tweaks and changes for the medium. Mm-hmm. And so I that's something that like I really loved. I love seeing an adaptation that is like true to its source material but also is able to like really breathe in this like new medium or like if it's a reboot or like something like that like bring something new to the table. Mm-hmm. Um I Found it interesting. Honestly, I was, like, watching this whole thing because one of the things that I watch for in Roadkill is when you find out she's a ghost. Yes. And you have to go back and, like, re-understand all of the interactions. Um, I found it interesting that they could really hold on to her mm-hmm. um, in a way. Yes. Because, like, Sam, like, grabs her and jumps out of that. Mm-hmm. Like, they could really hold on to her. That was interesting. Um, I – just a lot of it. Also, I found um, that the uh, – voice actor that was uh doing the woman and just like the animation worked really well for me Mm -hmm. it was like very emotive like when you see her uh when she's standing outside of the home of her husband like is really like an emotive scene Mm -hmm. and you see so much um from inside the house as well Mm -hmm. um and they use color really well to like Inside the house is very, like, warm tones, um, and outside it's, like, cold and about to snow, Mm -hmm. and, like, I don't know, it was really, I really enjoyed the episode. What do you think about the double twist? And it's it's something that I ended up liking about each of the adaptations, is that there was something new to each of them. So this one had the secondary twist of uh, the wife of Brealey also being a vengeful spirit. Yeah, I honestly liked that. Yeah. Um, I liked the scene where she's held underwater. Yeah, it was cool. Um, it was really interesting to me. It was also something that I was confused about because, again, this is 22 minutes. They're, like, getting through a lot, and it was a twist that I wasn't expecting. And so I was kind of trying to figure out if that was, like, a manifestation of um, the woman's, like, I don't know. Yeah. Her, like her being a ghost. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was cool and interesting and I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Same. Uh, yeah. Really liked that. The bit where she hugs Sam got me really hard. Yeah. And then I really liked that they brought in Dean with the comic relief. Like, what's it like getting hugged by a ghost? <laughs> I was like, what the I also thought, and this, I think we might get into more in character or it will probably come up again yeah, and yeah. again throughout uh, talking about these episodes, but the Dean character was just slightly less burdened, it felt, in a way that was weird. <laughs> it's, it doesn't take the turn to limit time of dying, which is much later than you anticipate in this series, which is why I think it feels that way, um, because he is so much of a clown a bit. Yeah. He's, so this is something... We'll talk about this as characters because I want to explain that character to you because that is another – he is actually an anime archetype in the way that Missouri was. I am I am excited to hear more because I thought that was one of the things that I, I'm not sure I liked. Mm-hmm. Honestly, there are a lot of things that I want – like I feel like I need to chew on for longer yeah. because I'm not sure I liked them. I could tell – and they were different and I don't want just the differentness to mm-hmm. be what turns me off. That's fair. Um, so my next one, since we have gone <laughs> totally on a tangent. Sorry. Uh, my next one is Savage Blood. I really liked this one, and too. And this is another one where the Dean character is slightly different than what you expect. Um, but I really loved this one because I I like Big Brother Dean. Sam. I liked the this idea that like very much mirrors the Winchesters in a lot of way mm-hmm. of this father and son 
who are, you know, running, like, have to stay on the move, um, the loss of a mother and, like, what that does to a family. Yeah. Um, it's a lot of, like, really good, very supernatural-y stuff. Yeah. They replaced the that hunter in the show, or in that episode, was very much like a Gordon replacement. Yes. It was a similar style of character. Yes, yes. Also, I don't know, did you do this when Dean popped out and was giving the kid, quote-unquote, judo lessons? And I literally, I was like, where'd you get a... Where'd you get two geese? Where'd you get a where'd you get a child-sized key, Dean? <laughs> <laughs> like, I was like, he, he pulled out two geese. One of them was itty bitty for this kid. I was like, where did it come from? He just keeps it in the back. <laughs> he keeps one adult, one small, child-sized key. Just in case. It was maybe, oh, maybe it was John and him from when he was little, and it's just always been in the trunk. Now you're making a face. That's very sweet. <laughs> but literally out loud of my mouth, where the fuck did you get these geese? Like yeah. What's the next one on the list? It's you. Oh, it's mine. Till Death Do Us Part, which I adored. It gave, it, it's the episode that, uh, it's mainly a flashback, and it deals with Sam going to Jess's grave, flashing back to their meet cute, um, and also tying in one of my favorite season one stories that when I looked at the list of episodes, I was shocked when I'm there, and it was Bloody Mary. Yep. And they tied in the Bloody Mary hunt with this flashback to Sam and Jess meeting because they involved Jessica as one of the girls who played Bloody Mary mm -hmm. and one of the girls who was, uh, like, her friends were the ones being killed off at Stanford. So when she ends up, like, next on the list or whatever, you get to have Sam involved in this. However, simultaneously, you had the bit where John and Dean were hunting the Bloody Mary character and didn't want Sam to know that they were there. Dean really wanted to talk to Sam and mm -hmm. to reach out and to, like, involve him. And John was so against it. And I really enjoyed, from a characterization of John Winchester that I didn't really care about in the anime, I don't think they did him justice. Mm -hmm. um, because I think, actually, the search for dad took a back seat in the anime adaptation. Yeah. However, in this one, it was interesting to see John be worried that their presence would negatively affect Sam, not I don't want to see him because I'm mad at him. Yeah. So I think that that's one of the reasons that like this episode didn't land for me is because this episode basically takes the the chess pieces of Supernatural and for me throws them up in the air. Yeah, that's like, why it, I liked it. It changes almost every character. <laughs> like there is so much, right? The idea of Sam being a loner at Stanford as opposed to being someone who had run away from his family and found the life that he wanted and then had to be ripped back away from that. That's fascinating to me that you interpret it that, that way. I have always in my brain thought that freshman Sam at Stanford was kind of a loner. And did I think that, like, in my mind, that was freshman Sam. But the most, what we see of Sam in relationship to Stanford is, like, him hanging out with a big group of friends, studying, but, like, him hanging out with a big group of friends. He goes back um, and, you know, I forget the episode, The Hunt, where they have to go back and he talks to that chick that was his friend. Um, it's Skin. Yes, Skin. Um, I, I see Sam as, like, having left and having like set his sights on I'm gonna be normal yeah. I'm like this is what normal is and I am committed a hundred percent to it because again Sam like me is a little bit of a robotic Ravenclaw oh no 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 no, no. I'm, I don't disagree with you at all I'm completely with you on that thing I just think that it took a little bit of time for Sam to get there I think he didn't know how and I think that it took in this adaptation it took meeting Jessica like for him to be okay with making 
more friends and like being brought out of his shell. And I think he does end up with that big group of friends who all love him when he's going to take the LSATs. Yeah. But I think it took time. I think that this characterization of Sam is someone who wasn't looking for it. Was no, I disagree. He, I feel like he tries to shake off Jessica multiple times in this episode. I think he's, I think he's afraid of her a little bit. I think actually, honestly, they gave, they gave Jessica another anime archetype, which I think is one of the reasons why Sam was shaking her off, mm-hmm. which was she was like, like the she's the anime character that goes up and is like, yeah, but I am cute and you should like me. <laughs> So why don't you? Like, she? they gave her the confident girl archetype, which is usually something that throws off the male characters in the show, which I think, like, in my mind, that's how I saw that playing out. Like, this was baby Sam, and he was new, and he didn't know how to make friends. But I, I can see why you are saying what you're saying, but in my mind, this was just Sam before he got opened up. Like, Jessica gave Sam... She brought all of that out of him, like all the fear surrounding new friends and family is what I got from that. I think that's why I liked it so much. Is, yeah. But potentially I was reading too much into it. Well, I mean, I think that we, you know, uh, art is subjective. I wrote an <laughs> anime in my, uh, anime, I wrote a fan fiction in my head. <laughs> but yeah, I need care. But yeah, I feel like there were so many, like so many of the characters got these tweaks in this episode, um, which... I agree if you're watching it and thinking this is a whole this is a whole different show mm-hmm. is a really useful turning point. That's a good point. Yeah. That's a really good point. Um, next. Oh, next is on both the one that's on both of the Ah, uh, yes, The Spirit of Vegas. That episode was hilarious. It was just funny. <laughs> it was so good. It was basically honestly, it was Japanese bad day at Black. Yeah. Yes, it exactly was exactly what it was. And it took place in Vegas and it was funny AF. It was great. Uh, just like everything that happened. I don't even know. Also, the end. Honestly, the end, the way that they like uh, shove the coin down that girl's throat. <laughs> I was like, oh, Sam just doomed. Just like, <laughs> um, it was so, also like you knew she was the bad guy from the jump, right? Mm-hmm. The second she was there with that slit up her dress being questioned by police and they weren't like immediately suspicious of her. I was yes. like, come on. But no, that episode was hysterical. I'm glad we both picked it. I highly enjoyed it. Every time that little, um, every time the little god laughed, I was, I was like legit in hysterics in stitches in my apartment watching him laugh and stare at Dean as Dean tried to like burn the coin, get rid of the coin, throw the coin. It just wasn't happening. Yes. Drive out of Vegas. It yes. was not happening. Uh. And I love a good comic. I mean, we like that. Ba- we both like Bad, Bad Day, Day at Black, Black Rock, Rock, right? Mm-hmm. Like we love a comic relief episode, so. Uh, next. Next is mine. And it was What Lives in the Lake. It's another uh, original episode. It's another mildly comedic episode. Not not really comedic, but the end, the end turn is warm. Um, I loved the bait and switch of this episode where you spend the whole time, like, I was like, oh, is this the adaptation of the, like, episode three of Supernatural, the, the dark water episode yeah, with the little yeah. dead boy. I was like, oh, no, it's a monster. I was like, but we're still going to do the, the people keep dying in the lake thing, da-da-da, whatever. And it, it took me halfway through this 22-minute episode to realize that nobody had died. Like, I really thought that guy at the beginning died, and then they were like, no, yeah, we talked to them. I was like, oh, nobody's dead yet. I was like, what's <laughs> going on? So the realization that the Kappa was actually just helping people <laughs> del- delighted me to no end. I mean, it was I was so – the image of this little monster – Grabbing the, the gum. grabbing the gum out of her pocket <laughs> <laughs> made me so happy. <laughs> I loved it. Like it, it almost drowned this guy specifically so that he would know he had 
you know, heart problems. Like it was, I really, really, really enjoyed this friendly little happy Kappa, which is not a common adaptation of a Kappa, certainly not from folklore, but like this little bait and switch and how they didn't need to hunt the thing after all made me super happy. Mm -hmm. I'm next. Yes. In My Time of Dying is another adaptation episode. Mm -hmm. Um, And I... Wasn't sure. I was honestly very prepared not to like it. I I was fully there. I was like, I'm not yeah. gonna like this uh-huh. um, because I think that they got Tessa wrong, and I love Tessa. <laughs> That's why I'm shocked it's on your list because I also thought they did Tessa wrong, and I was shocked you put this on your list. But I also found the way that Dean moved through the episode really interesting. It was really good. Um, I, in part, put this on so I could talk about using a computer instead of the Ouija board. That was great. (laughs) That was great. Um, I cackled and then was like, I think I hate this. Would you see uh, John Winchester without his cap on? And (laughs) I was like, this is not the John Winchester I know. Without the scally cap. (laughs) The bald spot. (laughs) Um, I thought that like this was the ep- this was an episode that for me let it be okay that it wasn't a strict adaptation. I also liked um, Tessa using uh, their mother mm-hmm. against Dean. I guess that like, was as a yeah. That was the one thing that I liked about that adaptation. Yeah. Um, so I thought like I like this one kind of like won me over, even though I was ready not to like it. Yeah, I think that's cool. Uh, it's you again with the next one. Rising Sun is another one that, like, for me, emphasizes some of the things I didn't like because it was so, this is so different. Mm -hmm. Like, this is a, this is very new. Mm -hmm. Um, It it, it keeps going with the characterization of John. Mm -hmm. That is. Not what you expect. Not what you expect. It is someone who wants to, like, wants I don't know. I don't know how to articulate the differences yeah. in John because it's not like he d- doesn't care in the in the traditional supernatural. It's it's just that he his type of caring is to toughen them up. Mm-hmm. And this John is kind of letting Sam be a kid. Seeing John attempt to settle into a house potentially with a woman to it like was weird. yeah, different different different. It was all so very different. But I liked the differences. Yeah. Like, I liked, I also liked this, like, you know, baby Sam and Dean episodes. It was so cute. Um, like, it was very cute when uh, John takes Dean out hunting and then Sam shows up and blows up the <laughs> Dean. Remember, remember when Sam exploded a moose? Guys, the anime <laughs> took Sam's powers and dialed them up to not 11, but 64. <laughs> like, he blew up the moose. And then, like, passes out. The it moose. just, like, splat. And, like, again, another very beautiful blood scene. The moose was everywhere. It, it happened. And I was like, did John Did John show up with, like, the world's biggest shotgun and blow the moose's head off? No, it was baby Sam. And he ripped <laughs> To pieces. I was with my roommate, and both of us were like, what <laughs> happened? That moose was everywhere. Everywhere. Also, that robot car battle? Yeah. That was cool. It was so weird. <laughs> but I like the moment where Sam like goes back to help Dean. Like the where they're in the car battle yeah. and like 
it feels even though like the uh teacher has already been exposed as a demon and all of this it still feels like sam choosing his family over the comfort of uh, almost normality yeah. like uh, over the comfort over a comfort he could have didn't I, I again like I watched it a week ago in a very short amount of time, but like was didn't he have a line too, little Sam about like Dean said like I thought you wanted her to be your mother and yeah. Like, yeah, but you are my brother. And it was the cutest fucking thing. Yeah, he was like, Not just for me and you're like, Oh man. Yeah. <laughs> it was really cute. Um, um Yeah. Yeah, so that one was great. Um the the next two are mine and they're episodes nineteen and twenty. The first one is loser. Um the main reason I liked Loser is, well, twofold. One is I enjoyed overall how the anime, instead of focusing episodes on Ava and Andy, the way that we do in season two of Supernatural, we get episodes on Lily and Jake, who are our other two special kids. And I think it was really, really, really cool the way that they did Jake. Especially the way that Yellow Eyes ended up playing the long game. Yes. Like, there was a, like, when Yellow Eyes actually raised that guy, like, in... Were they in Afghanistan or Iraq? I can't remember. Uh, I feel like Afghanistan. Okay, I, I do think it was Afghanistan. But, like, when he saved that guy, or, like, he the guy flatlined, and then Yellow Eyes revived him, I was like, what is your long game here? And then to find out that the long game is actually, it is so much worse if it's not, like, a random act of violence that kills these people, but if it's somebody that Jake knew and trusted in killing this one kid. Mm-hmm. Um, simultaneously, like, you talked about with... Um, uh, what is the kid's name? The the kid in um, Savage Blood who comes back. Yeah, that that sort of Big Brother Dean. I kind of loved Tough Love Big Brother Dean with the little kid Daniel in this episode, mm. and so seeing, especially a kid who like didn't talk a lot. Yeah, he just kind of like did his thing and like was trying to scrap around and help his family out in the only way that he knew how, which was you know by causing little bits of ruckus by like stealing a purse. I mean, don't steal purses, but like you know what I mean. Like this kid was trying to help in his own way, and so seeing Dean kind of give him the tough love, and then him getting killed by Jake's friend was like the ultimate fucking holy shit. Yellow eyes is on some other level in yes. this episode. Um, and that lending to Jake's absolute hardness when it comes to the end of what is Supernatural season two, but what is the end of the anime series was really interesting, and I liked it a lot. Um, and then my final one was Adaptation, What Is and What Never Should Be, one of my favorite episodes of Supernatural, period, ever. Um, and one of my favorites uh, of the anime. It's a, it's, I've always enjoyed it. It's always a good storyline. The, th- the thing that really got me was a, I love this episode already, so it was, like, really close to being on my list. But Dean's initial reaction when Sam finally pulls him out of the gin's trap. Yeah. He grabbing Sam and, like, sobbing about how happy he was. And, like, now he's back in reality. Like, d- actually destroyed me. And I was not prepared for it because you never – we don't see Dean – yeah. Especially not early seasons, Dean, with that much emotion. Yeah. But because this is a cartoon uh, or anime, but again, because this is animated, you often have to, you can't get everything from facial expressions yeah. or tone of voice even. You like have you to need say to use, it. You have you to do. use everything. So this show, in general, the anime was so much more expressive in word than Supernatural ever is. Yes. So like the, ab- the abject sobs that came out of him at the end of that sequence just up and ruined me um 
Yeah, I don't know. Also, like the bit where Dean was up on the roof painting the roof. Why were you painting the roof? <laughs> and then he left all the paint up there. It was like, what the hell are you doing? Like it was, it was, it was silly and heartwarming and everything the original episode was. And then it you tacked on the layer of the ending of the episode, and I was just like completely blown away with what this adaptation decided to do in literally half the time that the initial episode takes. Yep. I was genuinely surprised. Uh, your mentioning of the roof made me think of the see the last scene in Rising Sun, which I also really liked. Oh, it was so pretty. Dean is on Missouri's roof mm-hmm. and Sam in the Oh, up, right? Well, isn't that is that the same episode? I was thinking of something else. Keep going. Sorry. Start over. Now I'm not sure I'm talking about the right fucking thing. I was thinking of the bit where they were standing on top of the junk and looking at the sunrise. Oh. Which is not what you were thinking of. I was thinking of them standing on top of stuff and looking at the sunrise. Is it not the roof? Do they do it? I think maybe they do it in both. Do they do it in both? No. Hold on. When the fuck is he on the roof? Do they do it in both the flashback and in the present day? And I'm remembering yes. the flashback and you're remembering the present day. That's what happens. <laughs> Holy crap. <laughs> I was remembering the junk sunrise. And I was remembering them on Missouri's roof mm-hmm. when the sun comes up. And it's just like really, it's a really poignant moment. Can I say that's also very typical in anime? Because like Land of the Rising Sun. So it is very, very common in anime to have, sequ- especially in long running or certain sh- certain genres of anime, to have sequences in which characters sit on a roof and watch the sunrise together. Um, it's always meaningful. It always means something. Oftentimes it's tied to New Year's because that's a New Year's tradition. Like, so that is, it was a very, like in addition to it being something that anyone can understand, like just seeing something beautiful together um, is, a, is very typical in, um, in anime in general. Yeah. I loved it a lot. Now that we're done with the top five, minor yeah. minor characters. Yeah, let's get into it. There, <laughs> there, there weren't a ton of like new characters. This was an adaptation, but like you mentioned, uh, the the characters from Savage Blood, Gail and Ryan, who yeah. were the vamp dad and son. Mm-hmm. I liked them a lot. I also it made me sad that the vamp dad went like bad. Yeah, that he got he got played by the demons, which I thought made the demons. I thought that made the demons a little bit more intense. Yes. That they were using other monsters already. I thought already. That the demons were more intense yeah. in this run. I agree. Um, also, Azazel's backstory, which I guess we... I'm jumping all the hell around. Um, but Yellow Eyes' backstory, he was an angel before becoming a demon, right? I Yes. So, okay, here's the thing. That was something that I couldn't tell if that was initial poor writing in Japanese that got translated badly. Mm. genuinely unsure oh yeah I'm, I'm not I'm not 100% sure I think it has to do with the idea of a demon in Christian mythology versus a demon that Japanese in Japanese mythology they are two very very different things well also Azazel's one of the uh, he's one of Lucifer's princes he's a prince of hell yeah yeah he's a prince of hell so I think that might be part of it. Like he was, he was a very early demon. Yeah, I think that might have been what it was. Is that like, or maybe created by an angel, or maybe the maybe the anime just decided to do whatever the hell it wanted. Mm-hmm. But also the yellow eyes that hops into multiple different bodies and isn't just that one dude. Yellow eyes as that woman, mm-hmm. what she was wild and like again. The second she showed up, I was like, I bet you that's Azazel. <laughs> I knew it from the second she showed up in that bar. I was like, no way. Yeah. Uh, other original characters we got were Jake's family. Yeah, including Daniel. Uh, like, they were the one, the, like, their other new characters were one-offs. Yeah. Everybody else, and everybody else, like, I'm not, we're not going to bring up Madison, who was in Heart in the TV show and Heart in the adaptation, but, like, is a one-off character that we don't. 
Yeah. Whatever. Or actually, let's go through adaptations. Uh, starting with Jessica. I know you didn't really care for Jessica, and I did like her. I didn't. Um, I, this feels really terrible for me to say as like, as like a feminist TV nerd, (laughs) but I don't think Jessica needs a character. Like she, like her point. Yeah. (laughs) Sure. I know, I know what you're saying. Do you know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) You sound sound (laughs) like the worst. You do sound like the worst. But I feel like her point in the show is to start us off with Sam having this loss that he has to, you know, that that propels him back into the life that yeah. like has gives him something fresh to grieve so that the audience also knows what's at stake, but mostly parallels the mother's death. Mm-hmm. And so like Jessica not having like not looking like Mary bugged me a lot because like that's like that is the point of Jessica. Yeah. I know what you're saying. I completely disagree, but I know what you're saying. <laughs> I liked her backstory. That's why I picked that episode. Um, I ju- we just mentioned yellow eyes. Did you like the yellow eyes that they did in this one? Yeah. Yeah, I did too. I felt like he was more present. Yeah. Um, honestly, it felt like he was as present as he seems mm-hmm. in the original, if that makes sense. It does. No, it absolutely does. Like, the, the shadow of yellow eyes is there in the original, but in this one, yellow eyes kept showing up. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, I wrote down Lily and Jake because... Again, we didn't get Ava and Andy. Yeah. Although Ava still ended up being the turncoat. Mm-hmm. Um, but we didn't, because we didn't get Ava and Andy episodes, we instead got Lily and Jake ones. And I thought that was an interesting choice. Like, we don't need to prefer one to the other, but, like, I thought it was nice to get to spend time with them. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I missed the, what's the episode that starts with White Rabbit? That's Ava's episode, because yeah. she, she's, she's the one that sees that death. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I did miss that episode. Yeah, same. Um, anywho, uh, other adaptations. Tessa, we mentioned already. Yeah. I also, we didn't, there wasn't enough of her. Yes, there wasn't enough of her. Um, I really love original Tessa, so like that, but I liked that this was new, different. Yeah, I did, I liked the bit you mentioned with Mary. That was also the one thing that I was cool with. Um, again, this was a very shiny, this was a very, uh, Japanese interpretation of a Shinigami. And again, there have been multiple like different types of shinigami throughout anime in general let alone all of like cultures that talk about death gods or death or reapers or whatever but um yeah she her coldness yeah also you don't get a reaper earlier in the season to Mm -hmm. be a callback right like this is the first time we interact with reapers so that i think also changes the dynamic a little bit yeah i agree with you how about meg Forgettable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In fact, that is what my face is saying. My face is saying I don't remember her. <laughs> because we introduced her in that one ep- in the in the flashback episode where she was comatose and with her mother. Yeah. You couldn't have Meg meeting Sam and we didn't we didn't have time to have Sam run off. Mm-hmm. So you couldn't have all of that. So b- because of that, Meg ended up being downgraded pretty intensely. Mm-hmm. Which is fine for a shorter show, but like, yeah, nothing for Meg. What did you think about Mary? We didn't get a ton of her, but... We didn't get a lot of her. Um, Mary has so much, especially in season by season 15 mm-hmm. of the uh, traditional supernatural. Imagine season, imagine season one and two, Mary. Yes. You get pilot. Yep. And you get home. Yep. And you get in my... Uh, and you get what is and what never should be. Mm-hmm. That's the Mary we know. This is the you get the same amount with this Mary. You get home and pilot and, and what isn't what never should be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. She was I just different. Yeah, 
and it's hard for me to articulate the differences. Um, it was, she was less an idealized mother figure, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. And maybe that's like an American, like, like reading of that. Yeah. If that, like. It does make sense. I liked the style of Mary. I kind of, if you're going to redo an adaptation five to six years later, like, I enjoyed the fact that we didn't have to deal with flowy nightgown and long blonde <laughs> hair. I kind of like that she went up with the short hair and the cool flannel. Like, Mary looked like a hunter off duty. Yeah. Yeah. I just like that it was different, but, like, also, I know what you mean. Mm -hmm. Missouri. Okay, this could be, this. we're getting into the contentious part of this. I, at first, was, like, the hell, and then immediately recognized, A, the, the character archetype, but, B, we got so much more of her that I put, I can't think of that actress's name who's in everything Loretta and played. Devine. Yes, Loretta Devine. It was one of those things where once I got realized what they were doing, I was like, okay, I cannot think of Loretta Devine right now. Like, I have <laughs> just got to think of this version of Missouri, who's the old, kind of a crone. Yes. Um, mystic character, and I really liked her a lot. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what to say. I... I could tell that it was a reference to exactly what you're saying, the, like, old mystic character. Um, and so I just kind of went along with it, the, like, vaguely Caribbean accent. Not vaguely. It was, like... Oh, I was watching in Japanese, so I didn't get it. Oh. Oh, God, did she do a Caribbean... Oh, no. There was a Caribbean accent. No, no, that sounds like to me. Poor choices. <laughs> yeah. I thought about that. I was like, I wonder if they're going to give her, like, a Cajun... Yep, mm-hmm, they did. With, well, uh, mm, not Cajun, Jamaican, but... honestly. It was... It's we okay, got Miss Cleo up in here? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> okay, well, the American casting... <laughs> Did a boo-boo. Questionable. <laughs> well, in Japanese, she didn't have any of that, so I didn't mind. Which I think was, like, made the, like, the juxtaposition of a um, Caribbean accent with what is obviously a, like, very Japanese stylized version of the psychic. Mm -hmm. Weird. <laughs> Understandable. Yeah, no, that, that crone archetype is very common. Like, the fact that she was so so small it was absurd like there was one point where i think she hopped up on a table and i i knew that was coming she mm. moved faster than you anticipated with her cloak flying behind her and yes. her hair as well yes. like all of that was very 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 common um so, i also like, don't I know it. why this is so was so funny to me but in the final episode when she's like behind the car like behind the wheel of the car it was just like <laughs> it was so small <laughs> one she's so small i do i just like sat there i was like I don't think we've ever seen Missouri drive. <laughs> she was driving like a big truck, right? <laughs> Wasn't she in a pickup? Was she? I thought I maybe I'm misremembering. I thought she was in a truck because I was like, whose car is that? And she hopped out and I was like, that's too big for you. <laughs> I can't get up in that truck. You need a stool. <laughs> oh man. Bobby? <laughs> Used car dealership, Bobby? Uh, <laughs> I just keep remembering the, the hat. hat. Yes, the hat. <laughs> and also uh, one of the, God, end of the um, second to last episode, uh, when Sam goes into Bobby's house and there's just like the hat, uh, <laughs> <laughs> there's just like the hanger, like the coat rack <laughs> of hats. One of them puts on a hat at some point, <laughs> and I was I was just howling. I was like, God, Bobby, I, it, I don't think in terms of words they didn't do his character badly, but there is something about, and I know why they did it with the, they made, like, because he, he still worked in a junkyard, in yeah. the scrapyard, you could tell. Well, also, but like, 
I also think that like it is hard to have Bobby be the Bobby character that we know while also John is still there. Mm-mm. Right, because you know like, because Bobby, I don't think is ever in a scene with John mm-hmm. in the in like traditional Supernatural. Because we uh, no, not until they go to him when there's one episode that John like they are both like in play, I guess, in the episode. Um, but John is kidnapped by the demons, and they're questioning Meg at Bobby's. Yeah, because Bobby's the one that's like, hey, maybe. Like, this is what an exorcism is. And then Sam gets possessed. She's like, also, where are these dumb necklaces, you morons? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Yeah. No, they're never in an episode together. And I think that, like, when you have John and Bobby together or, like, in similar episodes, Bobby becomes sidekick. Yeah. Yeah. He actually sidekick is a good. And, like, that, that is, like, that's this characterization is, like, sidekick Bobby. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. John, I did not care for. And he wasn't. The, the search for dad was not a driving force of this show. It was not. And because of that, it was never impressive to me when John showed up anywhere. Mm-hmm. So I didn't There was care. no, like, looming father figure. No, there was none. And also, again, they, they went with a very anime archetype, and it was one of the things where I couldn't separate the John that I understand from what I was watching. Mm-hmm. And, like, it, the motivation didn't make sense to me without that. Mm-hmm. Honestly, there was also more John, and in the same way, I think that where more Azazel helped the character, I think more John took away from it, mm-hmm. right? Because they're both these characters that more so loom over the show than, like, are actually present mm-hmm. in it. I think that, like, with John, him being there really kind of, like, takes away from that, like, strength of, like, the yearning that the boys have to find him, Mm -hmm. to live up to his expectations, to, you know, all these things that, like, are really manifested in absence. Um, And so the more that that he's there, you're just, like, you're actually not larger than life. I will say also, like, from a character design perspective, there is something about the way that he was designed for this where he doesn't. He just does not look like a grizzled ex-marine. No. Not that, not that like, J- Jeffrey, for lack of whatever, Jeffrey Dean Morgan and, like, Jensen Ackles aren't that far away in age. You know what I mean? Mm-mm. So, like, they're, like, what, a 10-year difference? Maybe? Maybe. Maybe less. Mm-hmm. And so because of that, like, we, it was just somebody who looked so much older. Yes. And, like, taller? Was he taller than the boys? Yeah. It was, it was really interesting. Um. But yeah, no, um, I wasn't. I wasn't a huge fan of this adaptation of John, though. I appreciated that they, that they were trying to do something different. I liked that they tried. I just didn't like the result. <laughs> and very quickly, because we mentioned it earlier, but I want to mention Sam and Dean. I thought Sam was almost ex- like there was nothing different to me between Sam and the, aside from like you know obvious differences that happened by nature. But I thought that they pretty much had a very good parallel between Sam in the anime and Sam in the TV show, especially baby Sam. Yes, especially baby Sam. Looking at Sam in seasons one and two, I feel like there's a big oscillation for him as a character between like eager, let's hunt yellow eyes, I want to kill this guy, and... I actually want to be out of this life. Like, I don't want to do this. I, like, don't want to live up to everything that dad wants. And I missed some of that. Mm -hmm. Like, I missed... They skipped that completely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I suppose that's right. Like, I 
I, that is one of the big differences. <laughs> because simultaneously, because they removed the looking for dad. And it's that driver dad. Like, think of every, like, then that comes in season one of Supernatural. It's Sam sitting in the car going, gotta find dad. Gotta, <laughs> gotta know what killed Jess. It's the only thing I care about. Like, that is literally the only thing that is pushing Sam forward. Whereas in this, we are, like, in Meteor Res. Yeah, like, he's just, like, hanging out hunting. We don't get the boys' first time coming back together. They no. just are. Mm-hmm. We've already come to accept the fact that these are two brothers who are going to hunt bad things. They kind of skip all of that. Dean, you had a bit of a problem with. I did. I think that early season, um, honestly, I think Dean's a dick for most of the show. But hey, (laughs) but I like that. I like that character. I know that character. I understand the motivations there. I I know that uh, intent and impact are two different things, Dean Winchester, and I don't care that you're trying <laughs> <laughs> when you hurt everyone's feelings. Take that. Um, but, like, I know that he's trying, mm-hmm. and this Dean, like, felt like he had the chip off his shoulder. Like, it, he was so much lighter um, and less burdened and, and other things that it just, like, uh, it didn't stick to my guts. So the thing with this one is... Dean absolutely was done as an anime archetype and he was done as sort of the the hot clown character is the only way I can think of that. In high school anime, there's always the guy who eats a lot of burgers and like is constantly shocked by things and plays sports and doesn't <laughs> like and has a deeper voice and is like he seems like a tough boy and he'll like grab you by the shirt collar if you piss him off but is actually a puppy. Yeah. It is I could I could name like multiple characters from different shows that I absolutely adore that has this archetype and it is exactly what Dean is. Like he got three sentences in and I was like, "Oh my god, he's he's Momoshiro from Prince of Tennis. He's he's Ichigo Kurosaki from freaking Bleach. Like it is I I knew what they were doing with Dean and because of that I could appreciate the slight turn. I also think that in the episodes where they leaned into the emotional depth, mm. they brought that back. Because, like, this Dean didn't deal with faith. But when this Dean was, went to and did Crossroads, yeah, the sequence where he, like, loses it outside the guy's, like, thing about, yeah. like... but the pitch felt wrong. Like, that's, like, I'm I... I'm dying. I know you don't do subtitles. I am dying to let you watch that <laughs> in Japanese because it literally shattered me. Yeah, but for me, it was really, like, it was, like, watching something that was slightly off-key. The pitch was just too high. It was too airy. It was too bright. And, like, I'm used to this, like, really, like, honestly, like, kind of, like, like, scared and haggard and, like, not ready for the responsibility. Like, this Dean that is... That has been taking care of Sam his entire life, but, like, doesn't feel good enough for it. Mm-hmm. And I didn't get that. Yes. And I know exactly what you're saying. I feel like a lot of season one, Dean always still plays the clown. And it's not until Faith that we start to get other things. And then it's a lot of dad. Like, be- like again, we removed the overhang of dad. And because of that, I think that's why that was missing. So it's not until episode 16 of the anime and we get John dying that we deal with Dean's turn as a character. But I, I don't know. I appreciated it. And I thought one of the things that they honestly did well, and it was the, I think it was why I maybe forgive the lack of the 
the heavy or the overhang that we anticipate from these characters. I just want dark angst. (laughs) Here's the thing. I also enjoy angst, but I think the reason that I forgave it is actually I thought that they did the big brother, little brother dynamic perfectly. Yes, I agree with that. And not just in a supernatural thing. Again, watching it in... Watching it in Japanese, there's something about the fact that aside from when they go, Sam, Dean, like aside from those moments, they did not call each other Sam and Dean because that's not something you do in Japan. You refer to each other by the honorific for Big Brother and Little Brother. So watching the back and forth between them and Sam being like rolling his eyes and calling Dean Aniki like was very, I was just immediately stuck in they are these people in these roles. And I thought that part of the clown nature coming off Dean was to balance maybe something he was worried about in Sam. And I, I think that might be why I forgave the other things that were missing from this adaptation. Yeah, no, I agree. I think that the brother dynamic felt and read as more authentic um, in a way. Like, it, it, it just, it read as, like, real mm-hmm. and not like scripted there was no there was less this is gonna sound weird for an anime where the the comedy was through the fucking roof but i thought there was a little bit less melodrama between them as brothers yes i agree with that in terms of what was scripted i agree Mm -hmm. oh my god what the fuck remember when jake put his fist through (laughs) sam's chest i was like how are we gonna (laughs) we're not gonna pass that off to sam as you survived right this was not a knife wound he literally Mortal Kombat finished you. He He finished him. He basically threw his stomach out. Are you sure his guts aren't actually still? Bobby patched him up. (laughs) Bobby patched you up. We left your intestines on the ground, though. (laughs) There is one that that scene when uh, Sam is like, "Bobby patched me up." (laughs) The inflection that Jared gives it is really good. Really? Yeah. Oh, like he can't believe Bobby did it. He's like, "It's not like Bobby patched me up. Like I was really hurt. It was." Bobby patched me up like this, oh, okay. this old drunk, this old salesman. <laughs> Sorry, I, ju- I just remembered that that Jake put his whole ass fist <laughs> through Sam's chest. That was wild. Um, but I think those were all the characters. Yeah. Everybody. Yeah. In the old episodes is where we talked about music, but there really was none. No. <laughs> I mean, the carry on we were done cover, I guess. Which was nice to see every episode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, yeah, this, this feels... This feels right. Uh, so the so in terms of mythology, the first new myth that we got, are uh, the first one that I can kind of get to is the, the god of poverty in Spirit of Vegas. Yes. It was a bingbo gummy. Binbo is the, the word for poverty. And gummy is, you change the consonant, it's the word for god, which is kami. Along with the god, god of poverty uh, is the idea that um, gods in Japanese myth, you can't kill them, which was the whole shtick in that episode. You can't get rid of them. Whereas in Supernatural, we do, we just off gods constantly. Yeah, no, 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 gods, what do you need? Lambs, blood, oh, fucking elm tree. Dusted. Yeah, no, gods are dusted constantly. Not in Japanese, like, you just don't kill gods. Uh, gods can no longer exist, oftentimes, and that's done similarly to in Supernatural lore. Um, there's a show I quite like called Noragami, um, in which, actually, my favorite thing was is I knew they were dealing with a god of poverty almost immediately because in that one, the character who is the poverty god is done up like um, 
She looks like she's a schoolgirl. She's got cute pink hair and she's short and she wears a little schoolgirl <laughs> outfit, but she's a god of poverty. So what she does is she attaches herself to folks and like, yeah, I'll take you out. And she just ruins their day. <laughs> and like her, her sort of like second in command is like, you need to stop that. You're going to kill these people by accident. <laughs> um, which is my other favorite god of poverty uh, thing. I love Noragami quite a bit. But like in that one, the idea is that like if folks stop worshiping gods, then they slowly they lose they their power. Which I think which comes really up a lot. Yeah, like mirrors a lot of the supernatural lore. Yeah, that's very common. But and so gods sort of disappearing happen in or gods taking out each other happen in in Japanese lore or Japanese anime. Um, but. Killing a god is just something you simply do not do. Uh, we got a kappa. Yeah, the kappa. We talked about this already. We did. Um, kappas are typically not good. Yeah. No, kappas drown you. Well, <laughs> this one just wanted to help. Which I liked. For the gum. For the gum. He just wanted gum. I like when he showed up on the outside of the tree. It was like supposed to look like a big demon, but actually he was like this big goofy looking. <laughs> it was so cute. I love this kappa. And it was one of those things where I was like, are we sure we've not had a kappa in Supernatural? And you know what I was thinking of? That one time that Lupin teaches Harry about kappas. They were like, we've done kappas, <laughs> we've done kappas and hinky punts, sir. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, that's, that's where. Harry Potter, actually. It's Harry Potter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, demons. I wrote down demons because, and I found this fascinating because I was watching it in Japanese. Japanese demons are not Western Christian demons. Uh-huh. So in our mind, demons, especially in supernatural, demons are children of Lucifer. They are the ant opposite of angels. So watching it in Japanese, whereas in Japanese lore, a demon is that kappa is a demon. Mm. So watch it, or like uh, I'm gonna keep naming anime until I get you. Inuyasha. God damn it, Takia. I told you that this might have been my first anime. Fucking Christ. And, like, it's not. Like, I watched, like, you know, I don't know. Can you pick any anime that you've seen? No. God damn it. But, like, you've not heard of Inuyasha? Ugh. But, like, in, in especially in fantasy stories, uh, demon are yokai. So, like, you're, actually, you'll probably know, ah, Naruto? Ah, na- woohoo, I got one. <laughs> Naruto is inhabited by the fox spirit, uh, the fox demon spirit. Um, a kitsune. Oh, we've talked about kitsune before on Supernatural. Yeah. We've had them. That is a Japanese yokai. That is a Japanese demon. Also, I watched Teen Wolf, so. Hey, there we go. <laughs> so a kitsune would be a demon. Mm-hmm. A The kappa is a demon. It's a water demon. Uh, an oni, the, the yeah. idea of the troll in or the ogre in Japanese. That's mm-hmm. a demon. In the... In listening to it in Japanese and watching it, the way that they said the word demon was akuma instead. And I was not familiar with that word, but aku means bad. And so I'm going with that's like more like and the the subtitles, the way that that translated it was as devil. Yeah, that makes sense. So with the dub, they kept using devil in a way that was like uh, confusing, a little synonymous with demon, mm-hmm. right? In that, because like in... Uh, Christian mythology, there's like one devil, mm-hmm. and they used it to mean like like many, like like a devil yeah. as opposed to the devil. Yeah, no, it's the it's devils, it's the little devils with the little red horse meep, 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 doing <laughs> Lucifer's bidding. Like those are the devils. So like the uh, there was a distinct difference between I I think that's what happened in the translation is that Japanese demons are simply not the same as what we consider demons, and certainly not the the black eyed demons on Supernatural. They are just. They're different. So yeah. that's why there was the, the translation mix-up. Um, what adi- Were there any adaptations that you liked? I wrote these ones down. I don't know if you actually liked them. I did. 
the gin trap I did. Yeah, it looked like really weird, gross veins. Yeah. Or like all over him also did you notice in the in the fake timeline they went to like when bobby worked at blockbuster <laughs> they had the supernatural dvds on the wall no bobby was shelving supernatural that's what dean picks up he was shelving supernatural dvds so instead of carver edlin's books there were dvds and on the cover of the one that dean picks up is what looks like the gin trap from Supernatural that we know, where it's a uh, woman tied yeah. up to like an IV yeah which is what we've been seeing and usually what we do see with the gin and I like that that's what it looked like in Supernatural on DVD and Blockbuster. But in real life, it was like Dean covered in that like... Different universes, man. Goo, right? The multiverse of Supernatural. I thought that was a really cool thing. Um, I liked in the first Shifter episode where it literally, the Shifter ripped itself out of its skin was disgusting. And I dug it really cool. It was it, like, gross. It bubbled. It was disgusting. I did not enjoy that. <laughs> it was like... <laughs> I don't know. How did you feel about the demon eyes? Because that kept getting me a little bit. I understood what it was trying to do. I so did I too, just yeah. kind of like let it go. Yeah. I let it roll off my back. But every time it happened, I was like, oh, God, why? <laughs> Can't we just do black eyes? Uh, yeah. IDK. I don't know. Um, for the most part, I thought the adaptations of the monsters were fine. I liked when they looked a little bit different and yeah. whatever. The, the gin trap was just the thing that I really, really, really dug. I thought it was so cool and disgusting. Yes. Oof. That's Almost the end. Almost the end. So, who was extra? I made two jokes. Yeah. In Devil's Trap, do you remember when Bobby was in a helicopter <laughs> and then he crashed? He crashed the hel- The helicopter crashed. Bobby was in a helicopter crash in the anime adaptation of Supernatural. It was the you know wildest what? fucking thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> He showed up and it was like, Bobby! And I was like, I turned and I, I felt like I was saving Dean turning to look and there was a helicopter. <laughs> and I was like, why is this happening? Yes. That whole thing was so fuck wild. So uh, that's my, that's one of my two votes for most extra. There's also the time that Sam blew up a moose. Do you remember when Sam blew up a moose <laughs> with his tiny brain? I just like, my favorite part of that scene is when he passes out <laughs> in the ground. <laughs> Because it's just like, they're like, <laughs> Dean's like, what just happened? <laughs> and and Sam is just like, I don't know. And then John shows up and Sam's like, whoa. <laughs> this is directly after Dean rolled down a hill with a gun in his hand. There was a moment where like, the gun go? I don't know. I think he's going like, to shoot himself in the face. <laughs> <laughs> but he like falls and is like on his side, like uh, like dying. <laughs> He's like uh. all the way, poof, moose explosion. Like that was the wildest scene oh when John God. was like chase the moose, beat it there. I'm like that moose is big and has four legs. Did How not, do you expect your son to beat the moose? He did not need any extra <laughs> demon blood for that. He was. <laughs> Already at 11. Yeah, no. This little Sammy has a whole shit. Remember when he ripped off Jake's arm in the finale? <laughs> I was like, this is... <laughs> this is... This is taking a turn. This Sam is Neo from The Matrix. <laughs> like, it's a lot. I mean, he's very special. He's a special kid. He was very special. Now, would you... Aside from those two options, would you like to know who the most basic person of the week was? Yes. It is the... Remember we used to talk about the mysterious intern writer who wrote the back of the DVD cases? Yes. There is a mysterious intern writer who instead wrote 
the introductions that Jared and Jensen do for every single episode of the anime. I haven't seen this. I will. Sh- I will. I'll pull one up for you and show you. I can't describe to you <laughs> how poorly scripted the words coming out of their mouths were. And this is a Jared and Jensen who are just about who are like in the middle of filming season six of Supernatural. Like, Whatever. Season six of Supernatural is Shakespeare compared to the shit that this person <laughs> gave them to read. There's an there's a there's one of the ones where they were talking about I think it was Jared was introducing it. I don't remember which episode it was, but he was like now this is another. Uh, this is an adaptation of of episode blah 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 of Supernatural. I don't remember which one it was, but he was like, and you'll notice there are a lot of similarities to the original episode, but there are also a lot of differences. Oh God! Go ahead and check it out. Every once in a while, they did it like three times. They would have Jessica Kanichiwa, <laughs> and then keep introducing it. I was like, wow, guys. I need to see this. There was one when when Jared introduced Hart. He said, "Now this episode is an adaptation of one of our season two episodes, and one and uh, one of our season two episodes that is one of our producers' favorites. It's called Hart." And I was like, "Your producers' favorites? Does that mean you're not a big fan?" <laughs> <laughs> there was the episode where uh, they did Home, and they were like, "This is based on the pivotal third episode of Supernatural, Home." And I was like. Home's not the third episode <laughs> oh of Supernatural. No! It's the third episode of the anime, <laughs> but it's like the tenth episode of Supernatural. P- pivotal. Sh- like, it was just like the laziest. Let me see. Did I save Jared and Jensen? And here we go. This is the one they introduced Alter Ego. Hello. Konnichiwa. This is Jared Padalecki. He is Jensen Adams. Oh, my God. This is season six. Look at that V-neck. I know. This is the first one, so it's longer. That is Satan Sam. But at least we know who no, Solus. Solus Sam. Now, this is an episode where this happens, but, but but be warned, there's a twist. And actually, it doesn't happen. I was like, did you just spoil this entire episode? Like, my, my roommate was like, I'd be so pissed if he warned me there was a split. Like, I wanted to I wanted to experience the twist. What are you doing? The, the Oh, the ghost car episode? Yeah. The, the which is like replaced I guess it replaced the racist truck and actually I really <laughs> liked the the like like gender fluid cop character that was in that episode. Yeah. Was really interesting to me. So in that one before they introduced it, Jetson was like, one of the things we love in Supernatural is the car. And be prepared because this one it's got a really cool car chase. <laughs> it was it was so I'm not kidding. Every single episode opened with both or either of them introducing the episode in the worst way I've ever seen. The I like it got to the point where I was like playing my own drinking game <laughs> with their introductions. It was so bad. That's exciting. Uh, we have to put all of the links that we've mentioned in this episode in the show notes oh. so that folks can click along. 
Yeah, yeah. I'll definitely share the potato chip scene from <laughs> Death Note with one of my favorite voice actors of all time, Mamoru Miyano, who knows how to evil laugh with the best of them. I think that was a good as- assembly, a uh, good taster of all the extra moments. <laughs> so with that, we reached the end. Thanks for hanging out with us. I hope you honestly watch the whole anime, all 22 episodes. They're great. Um, feel free to tweet at us or like email us about it if you have a chance to go into it. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Honestly, I hope you try some of the animes that Leah has mentioned in this and you talk to her about them so that I don't have to. <laughs> first of all, first of all, rude. Second of all, I have not watched Nana or Paracus since like 2005, so I don't know how they hold up. Death Note still holds up. The last 13 episodes are hot garbage, but like you push through them just to get to the end. Uh, one of the best animes of all time. And uh, I don't have a vlog, but I should start one. <laughs> <laughs> but I watch, an abs- I watch an absurd amount of anime every... So- like, I have weekly shows that come out that I watch, simulcast. Like, so if anybody wants any recs. Ask Leah I for just, anime recs. Uh, my rec this week for all of you is a show called Carolyn Tuesday, which is up on Netflix. You and should start an anime podcast. <clears throat> I would do it. Uh, don't, don't trick me. Um... As always, please remember to rate, review, and subscribe. Yeah, guys, it helps others find us, and it helps make sure that you always are up to date with our newest episode. Oh, junk, which uh, for next week is going to be really important. This episode, uh, it's Monday if you're listening to it. Actually, it's any day when you're listening to it, but it dropped on Monday. Our next episode will be a week and three days later. Because instead we will be coming out on Thursday in preparation for the Monday, the follow that following Monday launch of the final nine episodes of Supernatural is what we got left. Yeah, we didn't change your life. Supernatural changed your life. It's true. We're just following along. Supernatural also changed their air date and messed up our lives. So, so uh, the next episode you will hear on this feed will be uh, a week and change. It'll be our recap of the season fifteen thus far. I might rewatch season fifteen so far. I can't commit to doing that, but I really respect your hustle. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I just feel like the beginning of the season. Do you remember Belphegor? Yes, I do. <laughs> that was the beginning of this season. Yes, it was. And it was forever ago. Also, uh, the uh, episode where, uh, what's her face dies? <laughs> Romina? Yeah, rupture. And I was totally wrong. Yeah. Speaking of totally wrong, we will go through some of the predictions we made in our last uh, predictions episode. So, like, you should scroll back and listen to that because I am hilariously incorrect on six different points. I'm so excited. We're going to, like, chop up. I'm going to be like, last time on <laughs> Extraneous, listen to Leah be totally wrong. And now let's discuss. Hold on. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to chop up the part where you just said you were going to chop it up. <laughs> and I'm going to play it in front of you because even though you are technically my boss, now you're committed to being the one to edit that. So, like, I refuse. Mm. I'm not chopping up junk. I mean, I can I can slice up audio like the best of them. Also, we have a really good editor, so I'm not sure why I'm pretending like I would be the one. Yes, Janelle's great. Shout out to Janelle. So, uh, yeah, we'll see you in a week and change for that episode. And then, <gasps> and then we're back to Supernatural. <laughs> Remember, you can follow us online at ExtraneousPod on Twitter and extraneous.pod.pod on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, thanks again for listening, y'all. We really appreciate it, and we will be seeing you next week. Yeah, stay extra. Bye. Bye.